Hey guys, Jeremiah Richards here, Mountain Man Survival. Who is ready to pull up a log and sit down by this nice warm fire? Take a deep breath. It's time for campfire stories. Hey guys, Jeremiah Richards, Mountain Man Survival. You guys ready for this? Let's have a campfire story. I hope you're all sitting in a nice warm place, relaxed, your day's done. You know, it's the best time of day where you don't have any stress on your mind or anything like that. So I want you to sit back, I want you to relax, I want you to envision a campfire setting in front of you. And you gotta a nice either a nice cold drink in your hand or you got yourself a nice hot cup of whatever you like to drink to warm your bones help you relax so i'm going to tell a story to you and i'm going to say this is a lesson that was hard learned it was a very hard learned lesson well as you all know i i run a construction slash maintenance company and I'm actually out on the road right now driving to work and uh, I had something happen to me I'm one of these guys I don't I don't like wearing leather gloves I don't like work gloves I need to be able to I need to be able to feel my tools and you know, pick up nails and that kind of stuff. It's hard to work with leather gloves on. It really truly is. Unless I'm doing something that, you know, I'm gonna get a ton of slivers or grinding or welding or something like that. I don't wear leather gloves. And I'm kind of that way when I'm out riding horses too. I, I just don't need them. Unless it's frigid cold outside, I don't have leather gloves on. Well, Oh, about two weeks ago, my uh, my daughter was home from college, and she wanted to go riding. She wanted to go ride horses. And so I was like, let's go. Well, I decided to take all the horses and mules. I prefer riding my mule over a horse, but, it, you know, that's just my preference. I got a really good mule. And uh, so we took the horses we took the mules and I have a colt that uh, he's about 14 months old and I was like you know what everybody else is going if I leave him here he's probably gonna freak out and run through a fence or jump a fence or whatever so I'm like I might as well take him you know we'll put a halter on him and we'll start teaching him how to uh, lead you know, how to go, you know, lead behind another animal, you know, start training him. I mean, he's too young to ride, but he ain't too young to halter break. And I've had him in a halter before, you know, but uh, I don't know if he's figured it out yet. In fact, I know he hasn't figured it out yet. So a trick that you can do when you're halter breaking, when you're trying to lead an animal, is... Uh, you put a rope or a chain through their halter that goes up underneath their chin and 
that's what you attach the lead rope to. So imagine a halter on a horse and you have to have a metal ring halter. And what that means is there's the square metal rings and it's got the flat strap nylon you know, webbing that the halter's made out of. So you hook the chain to one side and then it goes underneath their chin and then it comes out the other metal ring on the other side and that's what you hook your lead rope up to. And the whole reason you do that is so if they start balking or anything, start pulling back on that lead rope, that chain tightens up or the rope tightens up underneath their chin and it starts to squeeze them and pinch them and it hurts. And because it hurts, they stop pulling back because you don't you don't want them to fight it you you know that's when people get hurt that's when your animals get hurt and so um yeah so i put a i usually use like when i was teaching my big draft mules to lead i I, to be led you know to be in a pack train i had a i used a rope and it worked really good but I had a buddy suggest a chain. He says, you, you know, they'll pull back maybe once or twice and then they'll never do it again because it teaches them that quick. You know, it's a little bit more harsh, but it's a serious lesson that gets taught extremely fast. And so I was like, well, okay, you know, I mean, he'll only pull back once or twice and then, uh, then he'll be done, you know, and, you know, he'll figure it out real quick. So I went down to the IFA, Intermountain Farmer Supply, and they have a bunch of horse tack. And I bought one of those chains to go on his halter. And uh, I hooked him up. Got all the horses saddled up. I even put a saddle on him. You know, I have a, a really small, really lightweight. I mean, this saddle, I think it might weigh 10 pounds total. I mean, it is just light. And I figured, you know, let's get him used to packing stuff around, stuff being tied down to his back. Now, I have gone out and had my coat on his back, and, you know, I rub all over him, and I'll kind of hang on him a little bit to get him used to weight and get used to that kind of stuff. So that's not new to him. So throwing up this little saddle and cinching it down on him shouldn't be a big deal. You know, and no one was riding him, nothing like that. So I didn't have to worry about his back. And and he can pack a 10-pound saddle. I mean, he is a pretty big colt. So we get him hooked up. And I have this lead rope. I made my own lead ropes. I, you know, these things you buy in the store, I don't, I don't like them. They're garbage. They're cheap. Unless you spend a ton of money, they're cheap and they're garbage. So I built my own. And I built it out of uh, one of my old rappelling ropes. So I'm one of these guys that likes to go mountaineering and rappelling and all that kind of fun stuff. And so as your rope wears out, when it starts to get little frays here and there, your rope's done. You don't, you do not want to use that when you're rappelling. You know, your life depends on it. So you just buy another rope and another rope's like a hundred bucks. I mean, my life is worth more than a hundred dollars. So you know, I just buy new ropes. And so, but I don't throw away my old ropes. I still use them. You know, I use them for all sorts of stuff. I use them in construction. I, I make uh, halters out of them. You know, I, my kids play with them. We make nets out of them and the kids 
play with them in the you know in the backyard and i mean all sorts of stuff you know they're great great times i actually even use them also for uh, high lines for my horses you know they work great so anyways so i have these nine mil actually they're i think they're nine and a half mil uh repelling ropes and I, I took I took this one and I made me a couple lead ropes and it's a little bit longer than a normal lead rope because I want a little bit longer lead rope but also I put a loop on the end that you can hang on to but also with that loop you can put the loop over your saddle horn so if you're leading an animal you can just throw that lead rope right up over top your saddle horn and you don't have to hang on to it at all times. But another thing, the reason I did it is I like to put a climbing carabiner on the lead rope. And then when I get to, you know, if I go to a place where I want to climb off and tie my horse up, instead of having to tie a freaking knot in the lead rope, which I've had my mule, she'll untie a knot. She'll sit there and lip on it and pull on that knot and she'll untie it. So what I do is I throw that the lead rope around the tree and then I have my carabiner that I just lock around the rope and it locks in place, you know? And she can lip that sucker all she wants, but it's rated for like 3,000 pounds. So lip it all you want. You're not pulling it off. You're not breaking it. You're not doing nothing, you know? So I really like my lead ropes. So I'm dragging this colt and right off the get go, we get 10 feet and that little turd, he locks his feet and he leans back into that lead rope. And I had it on the, on the, on the horn of the saddle because I kind of figured he was going to do something like that. But I thought, I've got a chain around your chin, buddy, and you're going to pull on that and it's going to pinch your, you know, the bottom of your chin and you're going to stop real quick, right? Well, no, this dumb little turd did the exact opposite. It pulled, he pulled back and it pinched his chin. And instead of uh, giving up, he decided that he was going to pull harder because it hurt. And the harder he pulled, the more it hurt him. You know, and he's pulling so hard and he's pulling on, on the rope and he gets behind me and uh, he's starting to pull on the side of me and it's pulling me out of the saddle. And so I I just like, you dumb little turd. So I, I just turned sideways in the saddle. So now he can just pull on that rope all he wants and he's pulling on, on my mule that I'm riding. Well, she decided she was done with that crap. She was like, no, sir, we're not playing this game. And so she kind of jolted forward, gave him a little jump forward, and it pulled him off of his back feet. You know, he wasn't, he couldn't be hunched down anymore. And uh, he stopped pulling, you know, and I was just like, I was telling my mule, I was like, oh, you're a good girl, Brittany. You know, way to teach that dumb little turd, you know. And so every once in a while, um, he would just lock up and stop. You know, he was just like, okay, I'm done doing this. And he would stop. And I'm like, you little turd, you know, you figure this out already. And as we went, he started figuring it out. 
you know, and he got to the point where he'd stop pulling and I was just like, well, that's good. Well, I noticed there were times when you would come up on something and it would freak him out. You know, he's never really been out of the pasture very much. And so it would freak him out a little bit. And so he would balk at it. He would plant his feet and he's just like, I'm done, you know. And he would sit there and then my mule, Brittany, she would say, uh-uh, come on. And she would pull on him and away we'd go. Well, since my lead rope is a little bit long, what uh, what would happen is she would pull on the lead or, or, or the colt would kind of zigzag back behind her and the lead rope would get up underneath my mule's tail. And she didn't like that. She didn't like that at all. So that's completely understandable. So what I do is I would just reach out and grab the rope and I'd hold my hand palmed out and my thumb was pointed back towards the, the, the colt, you know? And so that rope, you know, it was just kind of loose sitting there and I was holding it out away from the back end of my mule and so when that colt zigzagged back and forth, it literally just stayed out from underneath her tail. Well, we were going through the sagebrush and, you know, going through, you know, little teeny tiny, uh, I'd say washes. But I mean, it's just more of an indent into the ground is what we were going through. But every time we'd come to one, that colt would kind of panic or it would walk straight up to a sagebrush and he's like, oh, I can't get through the sagebrush. And I'm like, well, we went, we went around, you know, you need to start learning to follow. So he would balk. And so I come up on this little tiny ravine, little, just a little wash. And I mean, it probably dropped down maybe two feet and it was just a gradual little hill. And it just dropped down and went about three, four feet, and then went right back up. And you know, the bottom of it's covered in grass. I mean, you really, you really couldn't tell a difference in the terrain besides it just went down and then back up a little bit. And I just thought, ah, he's gonna balk here, you know. And so I held the rope out to the side, you know, making sure that it didn't get caught up in my mule's tail. And sure enough, we went down it. And one thing you got to know about horses and mules, you know, they'll, they're kind of careful going down, but when it comes to it going up anything, they like just to get up it. They don't, they don't mess around. So we get down the bottom of this and you know, it's a little two foot up, up raise. And uh, my mule, she's just like, oh, we're going uphill. And she kind of, you know, steps up a little bit. Well, that, that colt decided that he wasn't going down there. He's like, hell no. And he plants his back feet and sits back into the rope. And I knew it was coming. You know, I, 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 even when we went down, I automatically shifted my weight over to one side of my mule, you know, over to the left side because the rope was on my right side. So that when that colt stopped, you know, it wouldn't, that rope wouldn't hit my side. It would just literally just pull on the, le on the saddle horn and then Brittany would say, uh-uh, we ain't doing that. And she would pull on him, you know, and pull him across. So we go down and of course he stops and I got my hand out 
and the rope starts to pull tight and I don't know how it happened. I have no clue. This, this lead rope is made out of that repelling rope and it's a very stiff rope, but somehow it got coiled around my thumb, you know, because I, I just had my hand out, my palm was facing up towards the sky and you know, just relax, your thumb's just kind of pointing out. Somehow it coiled up around my thumb and my colt was locked up and my mule, Brittany, she was like, come on you little turd, let's go. And she was pulling and for a split second, my thumb was tangled up in that rope and it was pulling. And when it, when it was pulling, you know, I, I mean, this is a split second. I, you know, instinctively, I straightened out my thumb and pointed it right at the, at the colt and the rope come off my thumb, you know, and I was like, oh, that freaking hurt. And my mule, Brittany, she was just like, this is ridiculous. So she literally just freaking, she squatted down and just yanked him and pulled him right across. And I'm like, oh, you little turd, you know, and my, my thumb was just swelling up like crazy. And I'm like, oh, you know, it felt like somebody put it in a vice and just squoze the living hell out of it. And that's pretty much what happened. So we keep going on and my and I'm like, all right, that that's enough. And by this time, we're probably about six, seven miles from the truck. And I'm like, it's time to go back. You know, I'm I'm pissed off now. And we've been kind of following the dirt road, but we haven't been on the dirt road. You know, I, I want the I wanted the colt to start learning about sagebrush and that you know what I mean? Nothing scary, it's just walking through the sagebrush. And so that's what we were doing. And so after it pulled on my thumb, I was like, alright, I'm going back to the road. You know, I don't I'm I don't want to fight this anymore. My thumb is just throbbing like crazy. And so I just beeline right to the road. And I was like maybe 100 feet from the road at this time. So, I mean, I was right there. So I go to the road and lo and behold, guess what the colt does? Freaks out. And he plants his back feet and he just starts freaking pulling. Okay, and I swing to the side and my, my hands hurt, my thumbs hurt. And I'm just like, you little turd. And so I give Brittany, you know, I tap her on the side with my heels to drag him a little bit because I'm kind of PO'd. And he decides that he's not touching that freaking road. And so he's pulling back. Well, that chain snapped. The chain itself that was under his chin he was pulling so freaking hard, he broke the freaking chain. And that chain and rope come flying up and smacked me right in the back, right on the side of my back, on the right-hand side, because I was twisted. If I could have pulled my gun out of the holster, I would have killed that horse. That horse would have been dead. Oh, it hurt so freaking bad. I got slapped by a freaking chain and right before that he tried to pull my freaking thumb off 
And I was like, you were going to die, horse. You were going to freaking die. So I literally just beelined for the truck. I was like, I don't care if you follow. I, I don't care. You know, you want to stay up here? Stay up here. I don't care. I'm going to the truck. So I went to the truck. So it's been three weeks now. I've been to a specialist on my thumb. My thumb, thumb still hurts. I only have about 50% of the use of it. And uh, the lesson learned is I think that if I would have had a pair of leather gloves, it just would have slipped right off a lot easier and not pulled so hard on my thumb. And I was talking to the specialist, and he says usually when that happens, it takes the skin and everything right off, right down to the bone, and they have to amputate it. And he says depending on how bad it messed you up, you know, they might have to amputate more than your thumb. So, lesson learned. In my riding gear now, I have a pair of leather gloves that I'm going to wear at all times. That is the campfire story. Hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you're not laughing too hard at me. And I'll talk to you guys next time. Hey guys, sorry about the audio. You, it, I, I think it's funny. I, I listened to it right before I, uh, you know, post it. And I, you know, I'm in different places throughout the week when I'm recording my podcast. Uh, I'd like to be able just to sit down in, in a nice comfy chair and record these for you. But, you know, reality is life's not that easy for me. I got to work and that kind of stuff. But, uh... Hey, I'd, I'd love to hear you guys' stories. I'd like to hear your campfire stories. If you've got a good campfire story, shoot me an email over to uh, mountainmansurvival32 at gmail.com. And let's get it on the show. Let's share your campfire story. And, you know, if you've got a story of what happened to you, and it was a survival situation or if you have a comment that you'd like to make on a podcast shoot me over an email i'd love to talk to you let's get this baby going hey guys have a wonderful day this is jeremiah richards with mountain man survival